guest, Josephine here, your performing arts business strategist, speaker and coach. Now, if you are sick of never finishing what you start, if you're tired of setting the same goals year after year, or if you feel frustrated with the lack of direction, then keep listening because today I have a special guest who is going to tap into how you can overcome your limitations and move on from procrastination station. I am talking about the incredible accountability and empowerment coach, speaker and mentor, Kel Quarrell. Now, Kel has worked with women all over Australia who have at one time or another asked themselves the question, is this it? We've all asked ourselves that at one point, haven't we? Is this it? Is this what we have to look forward to in our lives? Today, she shares with us how she got off the hamster wheel of her life as she transforms mindsets and empowers others. It's such a great episode. I can't wait to share it with you. Inspiration awaits, my friends. Please stand by for Kel Quarrel. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba, and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hello and welcome to the show. We have the beautiful Kel Quarrel. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Look, you know, we met for the first time in person, um, actually at a Her Empire Builder Women's Business Retreat in Uluru. Lots of fun. So much fun. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because uh, we were at a queen, queen in the desert party. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I'm just thinking of the dress up. Now, we had cocktails, wine in the desert. We all had to dress up like queens. It was amazing. And you were by far the best dressed. And you had a socials post from that outfit that from that queen outfit that actually went viral. So that must have been a lot of fun for you, right? Oh, look, that was just such an incredible uh, trip. I'm sure you'll agree. The retreat was amazing. Um, and, yeah, so queen in, the, queen in the Desert, I just thought why not go as a as a drag queen? And so I, I kind of adopted that and thought I'm going to go all in, did the full makeup, um, had so much fun. But, yeah, one of a fellow... Um, 
a fellow businesswoman at the retreat encouraged me to do a reel and it was a remix reel uh, and I was dressed up as Kevin, which is the uh, my name as my uh, drag queen apparently. And <laughs> it went viral. Um, it had 185,000 views. So in my mind, that's viral. I'm not sure. That's viral to me. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I, I sometimes think over 5,000 is viral, but yeah, 185,000 views. And it's just, um, it was, look, it, it really means absolutely nothing in the scheme of things, but it was just super fun and really interesting to watch the engagement and watch the numbers grow. And it grew really rapidly. But yes, uh, Kevin, the drag queen, uh, got 185,000 view reels. That's viral. <laughs> That's viral to me. Um, now, for everyone listening, um, I would love them to tell you, you know, tell them who you are and exactly what you do. So, so who are you, Kel? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Kel, not Kevin. Um, and I am a women's accountability coach. So I have been coaching women for almost seven years now. I was a speaker and a facilitator and creator of women's retreats and workshops and through that that was all based around personal development and I just have a real love of I guess supporting women to basically live their best lives and through that a lot of women know that they want to get more out of life they're just not sure where to start and so I come in and we look at you know the strategy and what the action plan is to achieve what it is that they're looking to achieve and then create strategies and frameworks in order for them to be able to be held accountable to doing the things that they need to know to need that they know they need to do so yeah that's what I do yay and accountability is such a big thing isn't it and we're going to talk about that today but you know holding yourself accountable especially when you're a business owner and you're you know, doing all the things yourself. And, and some some of us have team around us that help us keep accountable mm -hmm. or family or whoever, and some of us don't. So it really comes down to the individual, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And everyone operates differently. And I think when we have really great self-awareness and understand how it is that we are wired, we can put in strategies to keep ourselves accountable. And as as you said, as business owners, like the buck stops with us. And for those of perhaps your listeners that are business owners that don't have team, they are everything in their business. Mm. You know, they're, you know, they're doing the books, they're doing the marketing, they're doing, you know, the onboarding of clients, like they're absolutely kind of doing everything. And so that requires a really good strategy, a really good action plan. And to know what the priorities are in order for them to, I guess, achieve the things that they're setting out to do. Yeah, amazing. I love that. Now, I read that you owned and sold two businesses, and we actually talked about this briefly in Uluru, but I'd love you to share. Um, and so before you actually began focusing on coaching, you ran totally different businesses. So before you yeah. got into mindset and specifically in the area of accountability, which obviously yes. is so important and, yes. does, and transcends to any industry, right? Absolutely. But tell us about how you got into business. Like, where did it start for you? 
So I my my first business that I had was actually a beauty therapy franchise. So I was um and am I guess a a beauty therapist. And so back in two thousand and five two thousand and six, I opened my own um, Alabashe franchise. I had that for ten and a half years. So I fully understand what it is like to be good at what you do, to be good at your craft and then go into business. And what that does is then not only are you just continuing to do what you are good at, but as I said before, you then become the bookkeeper, the marketer, the cleaner, the the boss, you know, you're managing staff, you're managing people, you're like customer service, you become everything. So I did that for 10 and a half years. Whilst I was doing that, I also became a personal stylist, um, which I still absolutely love. I really enjoy being able to take women through that process of, you know, where they are to where they want to go. And it is so much more than just the clothes that we wear. Um, So I still do a little bit of the personal styling, but when I closed my Alabashe franchise, I then created another company with my best friend called She Can, and that was the creation and facilitation of women's workshops and retreats, and that's really where the coaching and mentoring of women came in. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because you, you mentioned a couple of times here that, you know, we're doing all the things, the bookkeeping and whatnot, and even in beauty industry, I'm I'm guessing or or from an outsider looking in that it is a very creative industry, much like, you know, a lot of people listening, maybe studio owners or teachers or performing artists, but so they may be on the ground actually doing the craft, which is teaching all the classes Mm -hmm. as well as doing the marketing and the bookkeeping and the cleaning of the studio Mm -hmm. and, you know, wiping the mirrors and all the things. So you know, there's a there's a lot of similarities there as well. And Absolutely. tell me about that, like stepping out of actually, you know, being so hands-on in, in that creative space and then moving to something so different like coaching is like, how does that feel, that difference? And do you still find the creativity there? I do. And it's really interesting because I think one of the big things from being a beauty therapist and actually loving my craft and actually loving working with clients to then becoming a business owner um, of a beauty salon, you tend to, you know, want to move out of the cubicle, move away from the hands-on work to be able to run a really successful business. But what I found was the passion actually lied doing the craft Mm -hmm. and not so much of I guess, juggling everything else that's required of a business owner. When I stepped into um, my other company, She Can, which was speaking and creating events, absolutely there was the creativity there because, you know, we were building our own events. We were creating all of the content. We were, um, from start to finish, the events were ours. So there was that real creative um, nature behind that as well. And now, more as we move on to online and and working one-on-one and in small groups with women, um, there is still that creative edge that you get because I like to take women through process and I like to create those processes, I guess, from the ground up. Obviously, you know, there's 
wonderful frameworks and strategies out there that I call on, but I still like to be able to work with women and find what is it that's going to best work for them. And I guess that's where you get to still create in that in that process. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And and you can find creativity in anything. It's all about what you make of it, right? So I mean yeah. for me, I don't teach anymore. Yes. Um, but I like I, I teach my like online my coaching clients, but I definitely don't teach in the classroom anymore. But I still find creativity in the role in so many other ways, like creating the events and coming up with the ideas and all of that. So, you know, I do love that process. Um, I know you're passionate from what I've from what I can tell, from what I've been reading. <laughs> I like to I like to stalk my oh. list today. <laughs> okay. Um I can see that you've um, been very passionate about women overcoming their limitations. So, I mean, we all have self-limiting beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? So how do we even create these belief systems, in your opinion, within ourselves? So in my in my experience, personally, for my own limiting beliefs, but also working with, you know, hundreds of women, it's often from a, what I call a lived and learned experience. So in that moment, you know, we we have a, a, a very real experience and we adopt a belief or, or a story and attach it to that lived and learned experience. And often it is a disempowering story. Um, and so what we then do is we, we go through life and we look for other kind of experiences to reaffirm that limiting belief. So often, yes, it might be one kind of key moment. And the key moment doesn't need to be like life-changing or groundbreaking. It could be something that a preschool teacher said to you in a moment when you were, you know, four years of age, but it sticks with you. And then there might be something that happens at six and then there's something that happens at 10 years of age. And we just stack those moments to reaffirm the limiting story that we gave ourselves once upon a time. And so it's it's a process to go back and say, why was it that I I gave it that meaning? And how can I then, how can I reframe that? What would yeah. I like to be able to reframe that story to? And then what can I immediately implement as far as an action to reaffirm my new positive story? So do you think asking that why I'm, you know, having this self-limiting belief or where that association possibly is, do you think that that is the key to sort of breaking through that self-limitation? I really feel like there is that moment of we need to go back to see where we formed it from and then we can often look at the patterns then that have happened since that time that have reaffirmed that story and because as you know, so much of it is tied tied back to things that have happened when we are younger in our childhood or teenage days, Mm -hmm. that as adults now, we can kind of step out of that um, emotion of it and logically say, okay, that's what happened back then. What would I like to make that mean today? Or what can I make that mean? How can I reframe that? And then what are the things that I need to implement in my everyday life to reaffirm my new story? So I do believe it's really important to to know where it comes from. Not always can we kind of really um, go back and remember, but generally we will find the patterns of where that tends to show up in our life. 
Totally. And I think I've done these sorts of things as well, where I, I catch myself in moments having these thoughts. And when you become aware, you, you know, it adds the power, right? So you're like, you catch yourself stuff. It can be as simple as, I don't know, just a typical female um, thought. You look in the mirror and go, oh, I look fat today, right? And you go, oh, wait a minute. Why am I telling myself that? Why do I keep telling myself that? Yeah. And then you start to think back, oh, okay. And it's all of that. I can't wear this today. I can't, you know, I used to only wear black when I was younger because that made me look slim. Yeah. And it's like yeah. now um, I'm like, I can wear any bloody colour <laughs> absolutely story yeah. i've just told myself yeah you and know. i think you really hit the nail on the head there joe is the awareness yes once we have we there's a saying awareness precedes change so the minute we become aware of things and we can be more consciously aware in every moment we can catch those thoughts we can catch the stories we can then go to work on reframing them mm. and as you said like you know, thinking that you can only wear black because that makes you look slim. And now you're like, hell no, I'll wear what I want when I want. Yeah. And so, you know, even that type of thing as women, there's just so many external societal pressures and everything mm. that's in our face all of the time that if you aren't consciously aware of what's going on in the mind, then we are, you know, we're taken down a path where our thoughts aren't our own. Absolutely. And when we're in a position where we, especially like in in a studio environment, you know, the performing arts, it can be very harsh. And the stories we've been told, the narrative of, you know, mm. perfection or whatever that you need to look or be, sometimes we can pass those stories on to our students. So I think oh, it's really yeah. important to catch ourselves because we we can change that narrative within ourselves. But then we also have to say, what are we teaching others? How are we mentoring others? Absolutely, because you being leaders in your space, you have like absolutely, you then become someone that your students then look to. And so you're going to be, you know, you can be their lasting memory of their experience with you. So absolutely important that you have awareness around your own stories but that you're sharing from a positive aspect with your students as well. Yeah, and being mindful that we really do have the power of influence, especially over young minds. And so oh, such an yeah. important role, you know. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of women that I work with that go, like, share with me, oh, it was a primary school teacher or it was a preschool teacher. And when we look at when we look at it back as an adult, we think, okay, we can sort of see how that experience transpired, and it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it was really the story we gave it at that time. It wasn't intentional, but it, it's you know, it's forever lasting in the memory until we become aware of it. Yeah, I love that. Now, in the arts, a lot of artists, creatives, performing arts studio owners were left um, in the cold, um, you know, over that whole COVID period and, and all that sort of thing. There was definite, I feel like there's still a definite fatigue mm -hmm. that's still lingering in my industry, especially, I'm, I'm sure, across many. Um, so, you know, a lot of projects have been benched, a lot of dream ideas have sort of gone to the wayside. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Procrastination station is upon us. 
and there's an understandable sort of factor there. We've had a couple of a couple of really hard years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who is feeling really stuck after you know having such a turbulent experience? Like, what would you say you could do right now to sort of get a little bit unstuck? Yeah, that's a great question, and I. I I hear you so much and absolutely your industry's been very, very hardly hit. And the, the reality is I'm working with women that really do have a form of like, you know, post-traumatic stress, you know, from lockdowns and all of the things, losing work, um, losing their career. So it's a very real thing. So I think in the moment of now we're transitioning out and, and getting back to some sort of, you know, normal, um, it's about really understanding how am I doing emotionally and do I need to continue to give myself, you know, time and grace or am I really ready to now take it up a notch? And if it is that, it's like looking at each area of your life and really finding where are you um, most productive? Where is it that you want to, you know, give your time? What gives you the most joy? Like it's a whole range of different things so that when you go to work on whatever it is that you want to achieve, you're very understanding and very clear on all areas of your life and that you are going to predominantly put your time, energy and emotion into one area which means that the other areas may be slightly out of balance for a short period of time, which I believe is normal. Like I know that, you know, a lot of people want to work for this work-life balance, but if your industry has suffered, you know, if people listening to this podcast are like, I'm ready now to go to the next level, Mm -hmm. like let's have a, like let's assess everything in my life and let's know what is going to be the first thing that's going to give me the biggest return on my investment and do that. And what I mean by biggest return on my investment is what is going to give me the best step forward where that is not necessarily the easiest thing to do, maybe not necessarily even the thing that takes the longest time, but what is going to be the one thing that I can do that will propel me forward the furthest, and that's where you start. Mm. Do you think you mentioned finding joy? Do you think that's realistic? Do you think that all things that a goal, you know, our goals and all of this stuff that we create, do you think that it's realistic that it can all be joyful? Um, That is such a great question. I believe that depending, I think you need to be able to enjoy the process and the journey and i and and so in that you need to be able to find joy in the doing but there when you are a business owner when you are looking to achieve big things when you are wanting to get things off the ground when you're wanting to propel yourself forward there are going to be things that you need to do that don't bring you joy <laughs> it's, it's just the reality <laughs> right and so it's it's balancing that is the balancing it is balancing the things that you know you need to do in the short term in order to move yourself towards the joy and the sense of achievement once it is done. But absolutely, there's going to be things in the journey that you need to do that you know won't necessarily enjoy, but they have to be done. Yeah, there's there's always going to be a challenge, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, 
what challenges have you faced in the pursuit of success? And with everything you know now, you've come in as our our wonderful um, articulate expert, Kel. <laughs> Do you still face challenges? Do you have you oh. know self limiting beliefs, moments of procrastination? Absolutely. Um, I guess for me, my my previous company, SheCan, um, we made the challenging decision to close that company because of COVID, um, you know, running live events and workshops and retreats, um, you know, overnight, basically our business came to a complete standstill for at least two years. And, you know, yes, we could have pivoted to online, but, you know, it, at that time, it wasn't where we wanted to spend our time. And so, um, you know, life then after the two years had certainly changed with, you know, teenage daughters between myself and my best friend and business partner. So that was a challenging decision. So even that was, um, you know, I faced a lot of old patterns and old stories and, you know, were we a failure because we, you know, we couldn't push through and all of those things. So absolutely. I believe that if anyone says, regardless of their perceived success, that they don't face challenges, they're lying. Yeah. And we see a lot of that shiny narrative on Instagram and, you know, you get, you, you get the highlight reel of people's lives on, you know, maybe a two minute snippet on an Instagram story. And so we all as humans have, have challenges. I think the ability to really truly know yourself and know how you are wired will help support you in, I guess, not not having the challenges, but not letting the challenges negatively impact you for too long. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now, trending at the moment, and speaking of trending, so we're talking about shiny Insta- Instagram reels and you being like viral and all the things. <laughs> um is a saying that motivation is BS, okay? So that motivation isn't enough and you have to take action and be consistent, et cetera, et cetera, right? So what's your take on motivation? How important is it and is it enough? That is a great question. And I've got all these great questions. Yeah, I, I love and, it's it. really, and it's really interesting because I tend to agree that motivation isn't enough. Yeah, I feel like to get a spark of inspiration from external sources can start to just, you know, brew something in you that there's something bubbling away for you to be able to then move towards your goal. But for me, um, motivation isn't enough. It's going to come down to commitment. It's going to come down to discipline and it's going to come down to consistency. And if those three, if you can get those three things, you'll get momentum and momentum is far more beneficial than motivation. Motivation is fleeting. And so it's really about establishing what is my action plan? How do I stay accountable? And then, you know, doing the actual do. Yeah. What do you do? How do you do it? That's a great question. Again, I actually set, I know myself well that I set up my schedule to hold myself accountable in ways where, for example, I train at an F45 studio every morning at 5.35. I do that purposely because I know I have to book into that class. 
And by booking in, I'm taking a spot away from someone else. And then I know if I don't show up, I'm then letting down one, the person that may have been able to take my spot, but also I'm costing a business money. So for me, that holds me self-accountable because I wouldn't not go. So I forward plan, I forward book in my entire week knowing that that is my way of being self-accountable to doing something that I really prioritise, which is movement. Um, now, I would I get up at 5.05 every morning to like do stretches on the floor? No, I wouldn't. I know that about myself. So I set my schedule up to make myself accountable. So I just find those little things in my life where I can just put myself in a position where I know from the minute I decide that I'm going to follow through. Mm. I just started doing hip-hop dance classes on a Monday night. And um, prior to that, um, I actually had always said, I don't like exercise at night. I don't have time. I can't do nights. But then I'm like, hmm, maybe that's not true. So I, I guess I did... I actually engaged an accountability partner, which was my sister. And I said, I want to start these classes. Will you do it with me? And so now if I don't show up, I feel really bad because she's going. <laughs> That's right. And so you've, you've set yourself up, one, with an accountability partner, but it makes you self-accountable because you'll feel bad letting her down. Yes. And the other thing is that that story of I, I'm like you, I, I I don't really enjoy training in the afternoon. I like to get up, get it done mm. in the morning. But you've also chosen something I can see on your face that brings you joy. Yes. So you're willing to, that's right. So you're willing to change that story because you know you're going to get a lot of fun and enjoyment out of that. So that's important too. It's um, And you've, you've got awareness around, oh, that's a story I've been telling myself that I don't like to exercise at nighttime, but here you are doing hip hop. Oh, yeah, <laughs> doing hip hop, doing the, the what I've got. I'm not a hip hopper by any means, by the way. So I'm so sorry. And and to Tanya Khan, the instructor, who's actually been a guest on this show, I'm so sorry <laughs> when I talk about the moves. But um, yeah, we've been doing like the Bartman and all this stuff. I don't even know. I, def- I don't I definitely don't know but it sounds super fun and by the yeah, way yeah yeah we got a freestyle in a couple of weeks on a checkered mat and I'm really freaking out about that secretly Tanya um yeah I'm freaking out about that but I'm like that's cool it's cool I can freestyle yeah hey, I used to freestyle I can do it again that's the other thing so when I was younger I would do all of this stuff and I haven't done anything like this for nearly 20 years I'm like I used to do it so I'm capable absolutely you know, I'm capable that's, it's really important though, because as we, I think as women and as we enter sort of our like adulthood years, we do forget about the things that we really enjoyed as children. And we tend to, particularly if you're a perfectionist, you tend to stick to doing the things that you know that you can do. Totally. And so life can without even acknowledging it, get a little bit boring because it's like, I'll just, you know, so I don't make a mistake, I'll just sort of stick to the things that I already know and I know that I can do them well. So you going back to hip hop, knowing that you used to do that as a child, but 
perhaps aren't so familiar with it now. Oh, I'm not great at it at all, but I just need to get over that. That's right, right. And that is so good for growth. It's doing things that, you know, you, I always say, if you can do things that you know you're going to suck at, it's really good for, you know, it's really good to, um, you know, for fun and, and to experience different things and also builds the muscle of stepping outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And it's funny because just going back to this example of the hip hop class, I said to my sister, so I'm just not sure if I should go because I'm the director of the Musical Makers Club, which is a performing arts company. And if I'm not good, what will people think? And she's like, who are these people, Joe? And then I was like, I don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't know who the people are. I'm like, you're so right. There are no people who are these people, you know. <laughs> the, people, the people that exist in your mind, but also if the people did exist, the message to them was you don't need to be good at everything to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the, that was the excuse I gave myself. So I had to talk it out. It was a big process to do. It's, I've been thinking about doing this for years and I keep, I kept benching it. Right. Cause I didn't want to embarrass myself because of my yeah. position. And that's yeah. really interesting. Cause I think we do, this is a self-limiting belief. This is what we're saying. So, you know, what will the people think? What if I'm not good enough? They will judge me. I won't be good enough to, to, to be a leader in the space. And yeah. that will jeopardize everything. It's so ridiculous how that's all from one hip hop dance class, right? So yeah, it's it's just amazing what the yeah. stories we tell ourselves and mm -hmm. those self-limiting beliefs. But once I realized that there were no people, and then I gave myself permission and I said, and if there are people, I'm I'm living my I'm living by example because my message is that I want to make arts accessible. I want it to be for everyone, that there is no, there's no glass ceiling, that you can participate, you can be a part of it, you know, that everyone is a star within. So for me, I was like, then I'm just living by example. I'm teach, I'm I'm living the message I teach the kids in our programs. So absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. That was a massive journey. It took me years to get into that class. That that it's wow. so funny what we do. Absolutely. And how incredible do you feel now that you've done it? Oh, I'm, I'm like, I can't believe I waited so long. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Which is so often the response that <laughs> you do actually make the change. They're like, tell me again why I waited so long. But yeah, yeah. yeah. All in good time. Now, um, I would love to know, how do you personally define success? Oh, that's a really great question. and. I do believe that success to everyone will mean different things. And for me, it's about, it's about making sure that every day I'm doing what I love and that I feel great within myself. Um, I, I absolutely love serving and supporting women. And I want to be able to do that, um, giving from my overflow. So I want to ensure that, you know, my own health and well-being is, you know, at its, at its optimum so I can give to other people from, you know, a really full cup. But I want to make sure that I'm not creating a life that I feel like I need to have a holiday from. I want my life to be in flow, to be fun, but to be of, I guess, 
of service to others. And so for me, if I've got that, then that to me is success. It's not the things, it's not the money, it's not any of those things. It's truly about how I feel within myself about what I get to do every single day. Do you believe that when you feel like when you're in alignment with that that idea that the money will come, like people say, oh, you know, be joyful, the money will come, do, do what you're meant to do or whatever the sayings are. What's your thought around that? I absolutely do. And I think it's more about truly embodying and being the energy that you truly want. So, you know, gone are the days where fake it till you make it. Um, absolutely yes. step into the person that you need to be in order to have the life that you want. But it's all around energy. So, you know, you can't fake energy. Mm. And the minute that you feel aligned and in flow and energized and happy and joyful and like what you're doing matters, and that's matting matters to you, then absolutely I I believe that you will be financially rewarded for that. And the financial reward will meet, I guess, your beliefs around finances because everyone has, you said before, there's no glass ceiling. I absolutely love that. But everyone has their, their goal, their limit, and it will differ greatly between people and that's absolutely okay. Um, but you need to be that energy in order to, yeah, attract what it is that you want from a financial. Yeah, and aspect. also attract the right people into your life, the right customers. I mean, when I first started my my very first studio, I was doing what everyone else was doing, you know, um, and it wasn't until I niched into my passion, which was musical theatre, until we actually thrived and started attracting the right clients, the right team, the right vibe you know but that's yeah. because that's what I was interested in and that's what I really wanted to do but I thought I had to do what everyone else was doing we had to run ballet because that's what studios do we have to run tap we have to do this we have to have a concert at this time of the year like and it wasn't until yeah I totally flipped all of that so I I can really resonate with that you know yeah. because and I think you've just got to follow your true path and then and then the people came it wasn't overnight that's right. But they, you know, I was sending a very clear message that I was energetic about for a period of time. And over time, I didn't, I didn't um, wean off my energy because I was still passionate. <laughs> and I think, you know, you yeah. have the courage to make the change because this is the big thing I find with women is that we often feel like we need to do it a certain way because that's what everyone else does. And so you had the courage to make the change. And whilst it wasn't overnight, that's exactly what you said. Your energy remained high because you were in alignment of doing what you were passionate about. And that's, you know, that's the kicker. And it's fine. And a lot of women just don't know. They don't know what they're passionate about. How do you um, find that? How do you find your passion? Like if and, you're, because I, I know people that have actually said that to me. I'm like, why don't you like, you know, do a hobby or something. If you're not feeling it through your work, you can do it outside of work. Like, what about that? And they're like, I don't know. I'm just not interested in anything. So how do you find that? That's that's the thing that I've helped many women, I guess, find. It's not always easy. 
but you have to you have to get out there and try different things. One of the big things that I always say is what are the things that you find yourself searching for? What are the things that you find yourself looking at? You know, we have a phone in our like accessible all the time. There's social media. It's like what stops you from scrolling? What do you search on the internet for? What are your interests? Start there. You know, you're not going to know if something's your passion until you actually get in and start doing it. And so if you have a nine-to-five job or a business that is perhaps not lighting you up, find the time outside of that to experiment, to test and measure different things and see whether or not they can become your passion. Because I think we are so quick to say, I don't have any passions Yet we're not trying different things. We're not, you know, we're not researching. We're not having a go. And it's about good old test and measure, get in and have a go and see how it makes you feel. Yeah, and if it doesn't work out, it's totally cool. Like we, me and my husband went to see a movie the other night. I can't remember. It's a new Brad Pitt movie. What's it called? Oh, gosh, I'm hopeless. I wouldn't know. <laughs> about a train. Anyway, anyone listening, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So we were like, ah. Oh, 30 minutes in, he just looked at me and we've got the same movie vibes. And he's like, mm, are you enjoying this? I said, no, not at all. Admittedly, we're a little bit drunk. We'd just come from um, a party. <laughs> I'm like, no, not at all. And he's like, do you want to go? I'm like, yeah, I so do. <laughs> Love it. And then we thought, oh, why don't we do what we did when we were kids? We were a bit drunk. Sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry, cinema. But we snuck into Thor. <laughs> Theatre change. I watched Thor, the new Thor. Okay, so we snuck into Thor. We sat there for 30 minutes. We looked at each other like, are you enjoying this? No, I'm not. She just want to go home and watch Netflix? So do. (laughs) But we were testing and measuring, okay? so Love that. I love that. And you also, it's also like like if if it's going to be a waste of our time, let's just not do it. Yeah, and have a laugh about it. It's okay. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And that's the thing. There's If you're going out and trying new things and experiencing new hobbies or, like, that's never a waste of time. Mm. You know, it's never a waste of time. No. So, Kel, tell me what inspires you? What or who inspires you? Um. Inspired by so many different things, um, you know. I'm inspired by you know people that that go after what it is that they really want. I'm inspired by people that have faced huge adversity and have been able to you know change their lives around. I'm I'm inspired by people that find happiness in the everyday. It, there's so I believe that you really don't have to look far to find things that you know, are inspiring. And I have worked with so many women over over the years. I've actually worked with women for, you know, over 25 years. And in that time, you know, as a beauty therapist, you have women lay on your bed for, you know, a couple of hours and you hear their stories. And then, of course, through SheCan, we had women share things that they'd never shared before with anyone else. And that's truly inspiring to see where people have come from their, their real want to make themselves better, to never give up, you know, that for me is inspiring. And just to see people going out and living the life that they truly want without comparison to anyone else, 
I find that a, a real inspiration. Yeah, I love that. So very people-based, it seems, for you. Yeah, I, I'm not... Um, I'm not attached to things. Um, you know, if you came to my house, you would be like, oh, you don't have a lot of stuff. I mean, stuff is not important to me. I think absolutely relationships and experiences in life are, are what is important. So I, I look at people that sell everything and go and travel in a caravan as an inspiration, as the same as I would see someone that, you know, has built their business from the ground up and that's inspiring to me equally as someone that's worked really hard and has a beautiful house on the beach i find them all inspiring if it's what they truly want to do and they're living that then that's amazing yeah i love that now this um this episode for anyone listening should technically drop in you know late september so tell <laughs> me with that information geared <laughs> what have you coming what have you got coming up next so what's next for you What's next for me? So being um, October, I have another five-day challenge coming up. It's an accountability challenge, and that's all based around women coming into that challenge just wanting to achieve one thing, and it's the thing that perhaps they've been avoiding, they've not had the time to put into it, or they've perhaps not known how to tackle it. So that is coming up in the 10th of October, um, a five-day accountability challenge. And then after that, I'm running my next four-week women's group coaching program. And that is around creating healthy morning routines to lower stress and improve productivity. Okay. So how can people find out about that? And we'll make sure we pop the link in the show notes, but you let them know where they can find you. Yeah. So Instagram is probably where I enjoy hanging out the most. And I'm just at Cal Quarrel. Um, and then of course, my website website is calquarrel.com.au. And the challenge, how can they jump onto the challenge? That's the challenge, fun. yeah, they, they can find the challenge on my website and they'll also find the link in my bio on my Instagram. Um, and yeah, they can just sign up and uh, we will get them into the group and I go and do a Zoom call every day for the five days and just ensure that what it is they come into the challenge for is that they achieve that by the end. I love that. So much fun. Thank you so much, Kel. I've really loved having you on the show. Thank you for having me. I've absolutely loved it. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.